Um, Lord, you are kind. You are so good. And you allowed me to wake up and breathe and to feel the sunshine on my face and know that you are the creator of heaven and earth. And you started this day with grace and mercy. Thank you for everybody that's here. And Lord, I know you're, you know, Isaiah 55, your word goes forth with authority. It accomplishes the purpose that you've assigned to it. And like rain nourishes the earth, your word nourishes our souls. And I ask for grace in this process right now. Please, please bless Abba Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Philippians chapter 2. We're going to dig in. Let's do a quick review of what we covered uh, in the letter to the Philippians. He features uh, people who are self-emptied, kind of godly examples. And then he features people who are full of themselves, absolutely full of themselves. And we're going to look at Epaphroditus and, and how he plays out that thing. But I see Jen, and guess what we're going to do? We're going to baptize, which is going to be awesome. All right, so I'm going to go back a couple slides. Boom, right there. Um, Stephen, I'm going to turn this over to you and Janice and Carrie and Jen, and we're going to celebrate the amazing gift of baptism of Jen. Hey, first I wanted to uh, segue by saying thank you to, I think I saw my lobby, Matt McCormick. Hey, my uh, say thank you for Matt, to Matt McCormick for spearheading the volunteer uh, time yesterday of helping uh, Amy Steinman move. Uh, as you guys know, Dave and Joni uh, moved to Iowa uh, earlier in the year, and they sent a text this morning saying just thank you so much for ministering to her. Um, I'm going to miss somebody, but Janice, Carrie, Alicia, several others that were in this that are in this room that helped move. So just thank you so much. Um, this church, I, I'm really pride on acts of kindness. Uh, that this church really does and uh, you guys step up just you know when we think that we have one person coming just more many more just show up and so it's it always happens that way and so thank you for your faithfulness thank you for helping serve uh, the body of christ and specifically christ church uh, people um so speaking of acts of kindness you know the the greatest act of kindness that was shown in the history of the earth is jesus giving his life uh, to rescue us to give us salvation, to put us in right relationship with him and his father. And so we're going to celebrate that today. Uh, my friend Jen is here. Uh, we've been friends for about a month and a half. She started coming, started coming to Christ Church. And I was speaking to her yesterday and about uh, her accepting Christ. And thank you to Janice for leading her in that. And uh, she said it was just something that was kind of natural, uh, that just accepting Christ. And, you know, and that's what it is. We naturally have this void in our lives that needs to be feel, filled. You know, I think it was back in the 80s. There was a song, there's a God-shaped hole in all of us. And you know, remember that. Um, but there really is something that's missing um, when you're born, just from birth. Born into sin. And the only thing to fill that is the love of Jesus and being in a right relationship with his father, our father. So um, you guys will come up. I think Janice wants to read a little bit, and then we'll, we'll baptize you and Carrie. This is super exciting for us. You're good. This is super exciting for us. Um, and before we baptize Jim, I want to I wanna say a couple of words of favor. Um, this one I, I found this morning in my study. It, this is Acts chapter 
2, verse 38 and 39. <clears throat> it says, Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. And then I have one more verse for Jen, because when Carrie and I talked to her, we were, this is Carrie's life verse, and Jen really loved it, so I want to speak this verse over Jen also. This is Ezekiel 36, 26. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. God bless you, Jen. I'm so excited for you. Jen, is there anything that you want to say? or No? No? It's really cold in there. It's fine. <laughs> we tried warming up. I don't think it works. It does work. It's lukewarm. All right. Well, step on in. If you however you want. Okay. Baby girl's right here next to her mom. Well, um, you know, we're told uh, in Galatians, Paul says that those who have uh, accepted Christ, those who are in Christ, are, who are baptized in Christ, put on the clothing, or it's like they're clothed in Christ. You guys have a favorite robe, favorite clothes that you like to wear, something that's really comfortable. Imagine being wrapped in Jesus, and uh, that's what's happened in Jen's life, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, Jen, uh, who is Jesus to you? My well, Jen, by your public confession, your confession of uh, faith in Jesus Christ, and by the Lord's command, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Him in death, raised to walk in newness of life. And I'm so happy for you, and I'm so excited that you are a part of this community and that you have given your life over to Christ and you're proclaiming it today. And I just wanted to read this verse, um, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold. The new has come. Amen. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you all for being a part of that. That was beautiful, Stephen. So grateful. By the way, I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, of, of how this all started. Stephen was at an auto parts store, and uh, he walked in and noticed there's a lady hood up on the car, a precious little baby named Evie right there. The AC wasn't running. It was, I don't know, what is the Arkansas heat index? You know, 300 degrees outside, something like that. And it was obviously a distressing situation. And Stephen said, hey, let me help. And so Stephen was able to work on that and 
the folks at the parts store were not helpful, so they went to another one, and they said, sure, we'll help, and before you know it, she's got AC, and, and because Stephen took the time to notice that situation, she said, he said, hey, why don't you come to church? And she did, and look what happened. That's beautiful, because he took the time to notice someone needed help. So Stephen, thank you, having those eyes means a lot, means a lot, um, okay. A lot of you here for the first time. Thank you. This will be your first time to hear me teach. Um, I, I'm excited about it. I love God's word and I love teaching. But here's the thing. I want you to own this with me. This is a shared experience. I did not come off of Mount Sinai early this morning. Contrary to opinion, that's usually not how it works. Okay. Occasionally it might, but not with me. Uh, I, I didn't spend 40 days uh, you know, praying and fasting in the presence of God. Um, I, I walk with him in the, the uh, <laughs> his grace is amazing in my life, okay? So this is going to be a shared, a shared journey with you. All right, let's dig in. The self-empty people, just to review, when you look at Philippians, Paul says, hey, follow my life, I'm self-emptied. Jesus, the ultimate example of that, there's Timothy, there's Epaphroditus, Epaphrodite, yeah, Aphrodite, Epaphrodite, this guy, there's Paul, and then there's Paul again, and then there's the people who are full of themselves, and we'll get to that a little later. A reminder of why Timothy is so amazing to Paul, he's a kindred spirit, same heart, same soul, he's genuine, he's self-emptied, and he has proven worth. Timothy's an amazing guy. Now, what about Epaphroditus? Let's look at this guy. This is what the scripture says. This is verse 25 to 30, reading from the New American Standard Translation. Paul says this, but I thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger and minister to my need because he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. For indeed, he was sick to the point of death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I have sent him all the more eagerly so that when you see him again, you may rejoice and I may be less concerned about you. Receive him then in the Lord with all joy and hold men like him in high regard because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was deficient in your service to me. Amazing. I want to ask God's favor again. Abba, Father, I love your word. Uh, reading it is a gift. Speak now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's look at this. Why Epaphroditus is a self-emptied person? Well, number one, he's Paul's brother. Now, the first three descriptors, brother, he's, he's a fellow soldier, etc. These are all punched out. If you can read it in Greek, uh, it's syndetonic. He's this, and that, and that, and that, and that. He's punching it out. He's making very strong statements. A little hard to pick up in English. But he's a brother. I'm not sure about your family relationships, but I can tell you about mine, and I mean biological. I have people who are not my biological family, 
but on many levels they are more my family, the family of my heart, than my own biological kindred. You may have those crazy folks in your life. I have them in mine. And I have been so blessed that through the years, God has brought people who are my true family to me. Paul says, Epaphroditus is my brother. Not biologically, but spiritually my brother. By the way, Epaphroditus uh, is uh, a very pagan name. Aphrodite is really the word that is behind the name. And if you know anything about Aphrodite, uh, she is the goddess of love. And you ready for this? Gambling. The goddess of love and gambling. So can you see it at, at the casino? You've got the dice and you're, you're doing your thing. And guess what? According to, to, to Greco-Roman custom, if you're a gambler and you're about to roll the dice, guess whose name you speak before you drop the dice? You go, Aphrodite. And you roll the dice. Because it's, it's going to bring luck, good luck. That's his name, the guy who's lucky. So let's nickname him Lucky. How's that? So Lucky's Paul's brother. Um, he's Paul's uh, fellow worker, uh, ergonomic, soon ergon. And, and this guy's not afraid of work. And then how about this one? This is unusual. He's a fellow soldier. And that is, in Greek, it's with strategy. This guy's got a game plan in his head. He sees the work of Christ as being strategic. He's not, he's not a softy. I don't want to say he's a Rambo. That's too dramatic. But the guy's got some guts. The guy's got courage. Look what happens. Um, he's the Philippians messenger to Paul. That's a, apostle. Apostolos. So he's functioning like a, an apostle from the church to Paul. Um, you need to appreciate how that's a that's a really dignified title and he's also a minister another dignified title uh, an apostle and a liturgos um, someone who's in a, an official capacity all right epaphroditus longs for and is distressed by the the philippians because they'd heard that he was sick we'll talk about that for a second here's what's going on i want you to appreciate something uh the distance between Philippi and Rome is over 800 miles. All right. And they dispatch Epaphroditus, lucky, with a bag of money and some supplies and a whole lot of report information. They dispatch him to make the 800 plus mile journey to help Paul out, who's in prison in Rome under a capital charge. Are you ready to appreciate the distance? between Little Rock and Detroit, Michigan is 873 miles. Little Rock and Santa Fe, New Mexico, New Mexico, 869 miles. Little Rock to Minneapolis, 852. And by, if you're straight shot by way of the crow flying, Little Rock to Fort Collins, Colorado, 807 miles. This guy's gonna be traveling on foot for at least 650 miles. He's got to go on foot before he can catch a ship, cross the ocean, and then get into Italy, and then another very long walk into Rome, down the dragon's throat, where Paul is imprisoned on a capital charge. All right, Christchurch, you, you learn well. 
If Paul's in prison on capital charge, are his friends at risk if they come and see him? Yeah. Brian, guilt by association. All right. Now he's he's on he's in prison on a capital offense. This is a very high risk imprisonment. All right. He's not in there for some misdemeanor. This is a capital offense. All right. To speak against the Caesar. In fact, uh, you might be aware that according to Roman law, you are not allowed to speak anything negative about the Caesar, including an untimely death or to prophesy his downfall. You couldn't show disrespect to the Caesar. Now, if you're a true follower of Jesus Christ, by default, you have a different Lord. You have a different ultimate authority. And automatically, you have a problem because in Rome, you do not separate politic from religion. In America, you do. We celebrate that, not in Rome. The, those two are so deeply entwined to be disrespectful to Caesar is equivalent to you being disrespectful to Jesus Christ. Lots of distress. In route, he falls ill. In fact, historians say, because you're constantly exposed to the, the elements outside and other people traveling the Ignatian way, the super highway that you would have to take to, to make this trip. He picked up some kind of a disease, some virus of some sort, and almost died. Recovered and completes the journey. We'll get to that a little bit more. In the process, a report came back to the Philippians that he was near death, and everybody was profoundly upset about that exchange. Epaphroditus is considered a gift from the Lord to Paul. He brought great joy to Paul. And he tells the church, when he comes back, you hold him in high regard. High regard. Let me tell you, that's, that's a bit of a play on words, a paranomasia, a play on words, because the name of Timothy means honor. And he's telling them, when he comes back, I want you to treat him with Timothy, with honor. That's the very word that is used. Treat him with honor. Now, you and I miss it. We, don't, we have English ears and eyes. They would catch it. That the, who's the guy he just talked about? Timothy. And now he's saying in a play on words, hey, Epaphroditus acts like a Timothy. Treat him like a Timothy. When he comes, hold him in high regard. Hold him in honor. All right. Lastly, Epaphroditus has courage. He's willing to risk his life. Now, we, don't, we have to read between the lines, but apparently two things happen. Number one, he picked up a virus, some cerebral illness, in route, almost dies, recovers, completes the journey. While he's there, something happened, and it became, uh, it becomes a diehard action movie of some sort. Now, if he's got a bag of money from the Philippians, and he's going to go into a Roman prison where there's a pers person in there on a capital charge, do you think they're going to want to search Lucky? Probably. If he's got a bag of money, what would a soldier, soldiers be tempted to do? Greg, we got a really risk, you know, yeah, consider it government property. 
uh, and living at the Tate then. So it's a high risk situation. We have no idea what happened. If he got roughed up, we don't know. Did he smuggle that money in? We don't know. And then what would happen to Paul if Paul got caught with the money? We don't know. But whatever it was, it was enough that Paul uses a term to describe this guy's having courage because he quote-unquote risks his neck to do what, it, what it's going to take to care for Paul. Brian, I can't imagine it countless times you've risked your neck and you've walked into situations that could go south in seconds. I cannot imagine. All right, this is what's happening with this guy. Super high risk, and he managed to do it. Maybe because he's, he's got this clear head and he can think under pressure and he thinks like a soldier and by stealth managed to get this stuff to Paul. All right, now then, you're the gifted body of Christ. Paul is setting him up as an example. Courage in high-risk situations. He truly loves the Philippians. He truly cares. He's worried that they're worried about him, thinking he perhaps has died in route and the mission fails. Paul needs help. They're bringing key news from the church to Paul. Paul's going to give key news to Epaphroditus when he comes back. This is a big, big, uh, a big, big deal here. And in fact, uh, when we get to chapter 4, and the two women in church who can't get along, it's possible that Epaphroditus is the guy charged to help breach that damaged relationship. And here we go again. Uh, through my journey, these 60 years on planet Earth, uh, for a lot of us, if we have a difficult relationship, the best thing to do is to just break it off and act like you hate each other and, go, and walk away. Disposable people, just get rid of them, start with a new friend, and yet you see the opposite in the scripture where everything points to the ability for two people to restore and heal the relationship. Epaphroditus, the guy with courage, possibly could be tasked to help you uh, audience in Tyche restore their damaged relationship. This guy's a big deal. All right, now, you're the body of Christ. I want, before you speak, I want to pray over you that you'll speak with wisdom. You'll honor God's word. You'll honor God's spirit. We've got people online who are listening who need to, to hear from you about the Holy Spirit and the wisdom he brings. And you and I learning to be people who are self-emptied, not consumed with ourselves. All right, I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to turn it over to you guys. Abba, Father, thank you for each person that's here. Lord, you, you call us to follow you. Would you please bless right now, please? May we speak words of truth based on your, your word and words that help us to live this out. Please, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you're the gifted body of Christ. Epaphroditus, another example that we should follow. You're the church on it. Why is this important and how do we apply it? Making the leap from 2,000 years ago to today, how would we live this out following his example? What do you say? Even anybody online yet? Okay. 
If you're online, post a question. Please post a comment. Why does this matter? Let me stir it up. When it comes to following Christ, do we do it when it's convenient and easy? Or are there times when it's going to get expensive and it's going to get hard and we're going to risk our necks next to do the right thing? It's hard. What, what do you have to settle deep inside to be able to have that kind of spiritual courage? What do you think? What's going on? When you say what you have to settle inside, I think you have to uh, come to a decision. Either you're going to or you're not. You yeah. can't just be, well, today's easy, but oh, then yesterday wasn't, so yesterday I just kind of gave it all up. It, so settling it inside is just making a decision and sticking with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, Carrie. There's a bigger perspective, isn't there? Yeah. There's a larger picture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Philip. This is kind of incredible to me how Paul was able to give a testimony of a fellow believer in Ephesus. And the thought that came to mind was the church is very diverse, the church is very unique. Paul had his ministry needs and his calling. And he knew Ephrodias had his ministry needs and calling, and Timothy had his. And you talk about buying into your role. It's a big thing in our church today that we all kind of figure out what our gifting is, how we're strong in that, and commit to it. I mean, he was able to restore the relationship of two, two people that were leaders in the church. Yep. Paul had a harder time doing that against Peter. So Ephrodias had a stronger strength there compared to Paul. And so I think it's important for us today to recognize our Mm-hmm. And use those to place the mm-hmm. That's so good, Philip. Jeff? Talk about what he said. It's real easy, I think, to read the New Testament and you see, especially what happens at the beginning of Acts, and things are popping off miracles and this flash bang, and everybody's a super superhero. This dude nearly died, and there wasn't anybody there coming alongside him and brushing with a blanket that Peter touched or something. He yeah. Had to get Paul's napkin. Yeah. yeah. He had to get better. And then he, he got better, and he picked up, and he kept going, and he walked through the gauntlet of you know, whatever Roman security he had to get through to get to Paul, because he believed. And that was the settled thing that we're talking about here. Deep down inside him, this is real to me. I believe it, and I'm going to act upon it. It's going to be it's going to be the fundamental part of my life that I'm moving through. Yeah. And I see, too, that we talk about we need each other around here all the time. This verse here shows that Paul talks about what it would have cost him if Epaphroditus had died. God had mercy. And he talks also about how he can rest easier knowing that Epaphroditus has gone back to the Philippians. Because he knows Epaphroditus will take them, but Epaphroditus gets Paul. Yeah. 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 You, you know, you can't send an email, send a text message, can you? you know, where you're communicating in, in apparently nanoseconds, right? Uh, do you know how long it would take to go 800 miles? 600. 50 by foot, on foot, 
what can a healthy man travel per day? 25 miles? It's a long trip. Long trip. Expensive trip. Food, lodging, uh, a fare to get on ship, and, and, you know. And he's just got sick and nearly died on the way over. He's going to turn around and go back. He's <laughs> holding yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. That's a real curve. Uh, did you ever, I had, can I just tell, tell him myself real quick? Uh, I don't get sick really well. Uh, when I get a cold, it's, it's a, a devastating form of the flu, and it's very, very difficult on me. And I, I, I Galen, I could be, in fact, near death. I, I'm just not aware, but I think I might be. And um, man, getting sick en route, that'd be hard. That'd be hard. I, I want to go home. I miss mommy. Can I go home? You know, this guy's got some guts. And evidently, Joe, he was at that point in the trip where it's longer to go back than to go forward. He's got to go forward. Yeah. And he's not a quitter throw fitter. He's got courage. He's got courage. Absolutely. And then whatever happened in Rome, things got risky. And there's a lot of plan where it's like he gambled for God. He chose to do the mission. He chose to take it on. Mission impossible. And he did it. Guys got guts. Someone else on why this matters. And Jeff. Yeah, you're right, Andrew. And meal sharing is a huge part of this culture and a huge part of, of saying that we are in critically important relationship when you share a meal, which is really, really good. So absolutely. Someone else on why this matter? Stephen, somebody online? Yeah, Jennifer online says that she loves Epaphroditus' heart. He went so much that he focused beyond his personal pain, so much that his concern was for the congregation he yeah, thank you, Jennifer. Absolutely. By the way, Jennifer, uh, the language is really telling here that uh, if Epaphroditus had died, Paul said he would have experienced sorrow upon sorrow. Now, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to leap to some dramatic conclusion, but that sure looks like depression to me. Paul would have experienced such loss that he would have been in a depressive state. Absolutely so. Someone else on why this matters? Anybody else? Epaphroditus, an example of a life, self-emptied, willing to gamble, willing to take the risk to do the mission. Yes, Quinn. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think... I think that's wise, Quinn. Here's my opinion, and guys weigh in on this. Uh, Quinn sometimes, especially young men, confuse courage with bravado, and they can charge forward into something that's pretty, pretty dangerous and stupid. It's called being foolhardy, right? 
But when you add courage and faith with intelligence, that is a powerful package. And I don't think Epaphroditus was some foolhardy kid trying to prove just how rough and tough he was. I think he believed that he was literally carrying out the will of God by faith. And I think that's what gave him the strength to carry on, even when he was near death from an illness and then potentially near death from a political problem. Uh, Linda? That's so good, Linda. Thank you so much. And Quinn, thank you. Yeah, he combined faith with courage. It wasn't some foolhardy punk trying to show how tough he was. Absolutely, Brian. You don't have to walk 800 miles to go from there. Yeah, that's right. Um, I've been in, lately I've been like carrying my Absolutely. You can walk 80 feet and be a part of the answer and not a part of the problem. <laughs> Someone else on why this matters. Anybody? You guys are doing so well. So, yes, Greg. Yes, sir. Yes. That is so good. Thank you, Greg. That is so very, very good. Yeah. Following Jesus is at risk. I remember, Stephen, I know you went down and did prison work for a while. When you go through the, the process, you get cleared, and you, you're actually going into the prison, and you start hearing those doors close. It's like, it makes a lot of noise. Like, it's kaboom, it's closed. You don't go run into your car because you don't like it. And then you got to go several, through several more of those. And then you start meeting with inmates. And all of a sudden, you go like, you know, there's some risk here. 
and you feel it. You feel it. it uh, I, I, when I was in Russia, I'm like, wow, wow, this is not the safest place in the world. I was in El Salvador, went into a very dangerous part of town. Brian, drug deals all over. I saw a guy with a stack of, of money that thick, U.S. money, walk in, beelining it to, to deliver it or store it or something. I was in a really high-risk situation. Yeah. Um, it's real. It's real stuff. Let's get real practical for just a second. What are some things that we can do today? Like, Brian, we don't have to go 800 miles. Okay, let's talk about walking eight steps or maybe 80 steps. What are some things we can do today that do involve some risk that would literally advance the gospel, advance the kingdom of God? What are some things we can do today that could involve, may involve risk, and that we've got to find some courage to do this stuff? What would it be? Madison? tendency inside of us that we think rules are more important than relationships. That's in us. Rules and control are more important than people. But when you follow the way of Jesus, you know that people and relationships, hi sweetie, are much more important than, than rules. Right? Much more important. And, and that is why Jesus got in the face of the Pharisees because they were all about the rules, and he was, nope, it's all about God, and it's all about the relationship, and the difference that God can make in your life. So, what else? What is something practical we can do that might take risk, Greg? 20 days of prayer. 20 days of prayer. Yeah, be counted. Get out there. Get counted. Walk and, and walk back and forth. You know, don't cause trouble. You'd be a part of the answer. Yeah, yeah. Someone else? What can we do that might be a risk, Philip? Share the good news with the strangers. Talk about Jesus, yeah. Talk about Jesus, absolutely. Anybody else? So good, so good. Yes? It was just like I was talking to you this morning. Uh, we encounter things in our everyday lives that take or will have some risk. Uh, and since nobody else was here, when I was talking to Chris this morning, I was talking to him about having to talk to my boss about some of the things that I need him to do as a boss. And he related a story of, of some 
some other person and that that conversation cost them their job. And my thought is this is just what, what we see in everyday life, but it's following the gospel. The reason I want I would want to have that talk with my boss is to give him a chance to change as opposed to just assuming the worst, uh, flaking out of my job and going somewhere else just because it's more comfortable. But even small choices like that can carry a big risk. I could lose my job if you tick off the wrong person. I think you got a boss who's very understanding and has a lot of grace and mercy. I don't, I don't think you would do that. But if we're walking and trying to follow Christ in literally every little small thing that we do, everything's going to carry some risk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Brian. Um, so look, it's riskier to share it with your friends than never to And it's, it's doing that. Well, it's a little worried you're going to lose. But I, I, I don't know the reaction that they're going to have. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You don't know how people are going to react. Someone else? Yes, Anna. That's so good, Anna. Let me make a quick statement. You know, it's hard to argue with... Can you imagine talking to Epaphroditus and saying, hey, let me tell you what happened when I was in rap. That'd be powerful. As opposed to picking up a book that talks about doing mission work, you're talking with somebody that did it. Yeah. Just maybe the example. I love that. That's so good. Someone else? We're going to pray. Somebody else? Okay. Let's pray. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit, I know some of you are quiet. That's okay, too. Holy Spirit may be speaking deep inside, in, in a secret place inside your soul about, hey, you know, you need to make a decision about taking the risk to follow me. It's time to do that. It's time to put your faith in me. Be born again. Follow the way of Jesus. To be baptized. For some of you, you may be so scared that Getting baptized in public may scare you to death. That would be your, your big risky thing to do. You need to do it. Okay? We, we, we cannot be ashamed of the gospel. We cannot be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's okay. It's okay to have courage. Quinn is right. It's really good to have courage joined with faith. That's really smart. So what I want to do is I want to pray now and just ask the Holy Spirit to make it very clear that you might be called to take a risk and that it would be really wise to do that. 
and to follow. And we're about to worship and sing songs that are, it's like a heart of gratefulness set to music and adoring our Savior. So let me pray, and we're going to begin. Abba Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, every person here, me, all of us, want to open up a heart, speak, speak to us, Holy Spirit, about the risk, about the courage that we need to follow Jesus in a way that's authentic and real and not live in our heads like it's some theory, but to live it out in our life because it's something we do, it's who we are. Lord, we, we reveal ourselves to you. And we want to worship and sing. Sing praise to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's do this.